0: How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Uh, I have my season co-star with me, Dr. Laniel Mitchell with PhysioGym. How are you doing, Dr. Laniel? All good, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. All right. So on this episode, I thought it would be fun to uh, bring Dr. Laniel back with us. Uh, he's my season co-star and uh, talk about the different types of injuries, most common injuries per age group. I did a, an episode before about, you know, going back in time and what I would tell myself or people in that age group and the you yeah, know, the yeah. teens, the twenties, the thirties, the forties, you know, and obviously only up to forties for, for where I am now of uh, things I would look out for. And a lot of them were kind of injury based, but I thought it'd be awesome to bring, uh, Dr. Laniel on to, to, to see what he's seen over the years of all those age groups. I'm sure you've seen all the way up to 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So why don't we why don't yeah. we start in the, the teens and and go from there?
1: Yeah, that's a, a cool thing, you know, for me, uh, working with athletes and older people as well. What you realize, I think maybe we were talking about this a little bit last time, is that, you know, we start out as a baby and we go from this cradle to the grave process, right? So for me, one of the reasons why I've been so interested in this topic is because some of those injuries that you have when you're younger, right, basically carry on through the rest of your life, causing you to have different issues with the way that you move and, and ultimately, you know, the pains, even just the aches and pains that you're going to get, but also the risk for injury in the future. So I always tell people that the number one risk factor for an injury is a previous injury. Right. So if you've had any type of previous injury and especially if it's not fully rehabbed, then you're going to you know, be more likely to have an injury as well. I mean, you're still more likely to have an injury. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Unfortunately, when you get injured, and even when you rehab it to 100 percent, the way that the connective tissue remodels itself, it's still not back to 100 percent. It leaves a, a scar, basically. Um, you know, one of the only places that you don't see those scars actually are in the broken bones. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless they are actually, um, you know, malaligned, right, and, and uh, deformed. But once they heal back together, as you go back and see an x-ray, you know, you really don't see much of a, a, a scar tissue, you know, it basically uh, heals back to, to normal, right? But with ligaments and tendons and muscles, it leaves this uh, big you know, scar formation and you can still see in terms of the way that the collagen fibers are remodeled.
0: Yeah. And and some of those are not actually like what you would consider an injury. Like, you know, some of the stuff with my spine and degeneration on on one of my discs specifically, a lot of that I can probably contribute to roughhousing as a young teen and wrestling and all that kind of stuff. I never had one injury that I felt that it did that to me. But had I been looking, you know, through an MRI or an x-ray, you'd start seeing that kind of stuff. So it's probably the same with Uh, ligaments and muscle sprains too maybe it wasn't that bad to where you oh you really thought you had a, a nasty injury could have just been something so slight it's off but repetitive over time and it becomes a chronic thing for later in life so at least at least for some of the stuff I've seen
1: yeah for sure and the one thing that uh you know physical therapists are highly trained on and you know the average person especially doesn't really think about so much is that Pain is, is really a nervous system response, right? Your brain is getting this information from this sensory feedback that's trying to get you to pay attention to it, right? So you know, one of the things I just thought was like, you know, most people downplay an ankle sprain, for example, right? You yeah. you twist your ankle a little bit, you know, you walk it off two days later and the pain starts to go away. Because you're starting to compensate typically.
0: Yep. Right. So it starts. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Thus it starts. Right. And, you know, from a simple standpoint, even when we think about limping, right, it's the avoidance of loading into that painful body part that basically starts to become this compensation pattern and you know not to go into too much detail but when you deconstruct the mechanics behind that that's the same pattern that you see 15 years later that's causing somebody's back pain to happen because they've been avoiding slightly loading into that side and ultimately it reshapes all the connective tissue and even down to the point where you literally have reshaped your uh, skeletal system right so you you know the argument and you hear different things about this but you basically get a new uh set of cells in your skeletal system every 10 years you know and everybody's a little bit different based upon the differences you know who they are you know male female all everything right how much exercising that you do how sedentary you are your diet your sleep you know is going to affect that but that remodeling also comes with this nervous system restructuring of all these reflex pathways and one of the things that we have uh mm-hmm in our bodies, in our, in our brains and our nervous system is called a central pattern generator. And that's actually what we see a Christopher Reeves when uh, he was walking on the treadmill after he had his uh, spinal cord injury in Superman yep. uh, from the 80s. That was uh, the big uh, thing we learned in physical therapy, and they highlighted that at the time about these central pattern generators, which basically are these reflex pathways that we have in the body that just kind of naturally take over, almost like breathing, right? So breathing is pretty cool because it's one of the, you know, few autonomic system, like heartbeat, uh, for example, breathing you can control. Arguably, you can't really control your heartbeat. Yeah. Right. So your breathing is something that you can speed up or slow down, but you can also be very unconscious of it as well and not have to think about it while well, your walking mechanics are very similar. You can really you know, adjust your walking mechanics. You can go fast or slow or change your pattern, you know, uh, change your foot strikes, all of those different things. Or you can be very unconscious about it as you're maybe, you know, walking down the street thinking about, you know, what you need to do for your workout and you need to buy flowers for your wife and how you're going to organize all of these things, you can still keep walking without thinking about that. And that's what that central pattern generator is, right? So over time though, that that pattern can be very easily disrupted and also you're very unconscious of. So those little injuries that you get when you're younger can really start to add up. And when I'm evaluating people, one of the things that they don't really talk to you about, about how our process works, most people are very unaware when they go into the, the doctor's office or the physical therapy office of what to expect. And basically 80% of the diagnosis can be made from taking the history. Yeah, right? wow. so, and, uh, yeah. And a lot of people don't, a lot of practitioners aren't trained that way and they don't spend enough time talking to the patient. There's some crazy statistic that your average doctor interrupts a patient like every 15 seconds. something like that right it never really lets them get the story out and now it's so wham bam thank you get out of here type of situation that the doctors don't have enough time to spend taking that history and getting that information so a lot of times things are missed there's another statistic again it's like 80 percent of people present to their primary care doctor with some type of musculoskeletal pain that gets missed during their primary care visits Yeah, that was another thing we were talking about last time. These physicals that we do for heart rate and blood pressure also don't show you very much. So, you know, that you're getting that one snapshot type of situation to try to figure out, you know, your health, right? Or, or, you know, your wellness or your sickness. And it's very, really skewed and it's kind of a crapshoot in that situation.
0: Yeah, it's not like the clients or anybody is trained to come to their doctor with that snapshot already pre-done. Like, oh, here's all the things I know. Dr. Nillennial is going to ask me and I have it chronologically spelled. No, it's up to you to dig for that because they have no clue. So if you only yeah. spend five minutes doing it, you're going to miss a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I tell my clients all the time, like, hey, grab that doctor by the collar and say, listen, I'm here to talk to you and you need to listen to me right now, right? And if the doctor's not willing to do that, then you probably should go find another doctor, which is there's research on this too. It's surprising that most people don't leave their primary care physician, even though they're dissatisfied. But yet, if their specialist does anything wrong, that patient is like, 10 times higher to sue them well actually they'll sue them they won't even just they won't even leave right so they'll stay with the brat, the bad primary care doctor because they've had this relationship with them right but they will literally leave and sue the specialist within like the snap of the fingers one wrong thing and it's just an interesting psychological needs based type of thing where you want to have this relationship and don't want to hurt the, that person but this other person that you don't have this relationship with you're, you're willing to crucify them. i know we're getting a little, a little bit off yeah. topic here but no yeah, there's just a lot of interesting uh things that go along with trying to you know help people make decisions during these, these situations. And, you know, the recommendation is yes, you need to be proactive about everything that you're doing medically and every single thing about anything in terms of your health and wellness and your sickness as well is moving in that direction, be proactive, go in there with that list of questions that you have to have answered when, when you go in. And...
0: Yeah. Great. Um, so uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Laniel, for uh, coming on our show. Um, for our listeners, uh, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Website, social media?
1: Yep, Yeah, so social media. I'm at Dr. Laniel on Instagram. And you can easily find me at Laniel Mitchell on Facebook. You know, I'm pretty responsive to people's. You know, messages directly, you know, physio gym, F Y Z I O G Y M, like it says on my shirt here. You know, if you just search for that, you can find us. We're on social media, you know, physio at physio gym revolution on Instagram. And, you know, the the best email to reach me if you're looking at, you know, trying to set up a consultation, we do free consultations both in person and, uh, you know, virtually. You would uh, basically look for gym physio, G Y. F
0: Y Z I O at physio F Y Z I O G Y M. Okay. And uh, like always with all my uh, co-stars on all my seasons, I'll put ev- all the details in the, in the notes section for all our listeners too. So the links will be in there. You can just click on them. Uh, so uh, thank you, Dr. O'Neill for jumping on the show and uh, we'll get you back on for another four episodes. Hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> cool. <laughs>